Thank you, Joe. Good morning, everybody. It is uh, an honor, a responsibility, a joy to be uh, with you this morning to open the word. My name is Mike. I am uh, an elder here. I'm also a a, a global partner, as they like to call uh, their missionaries around here. Um, I have the privilege of training pastors in different places of the world, mostly in uh, Latin America. And uh, I'd like us to open our Bibles together to Psalm 138. And we are going to be looking at a really amazing, amazing psalm that I have just fallen in love with, Psalm 138. Before I read it, uh, just I want to make mention of a few phrases that uh, are just very beautiful in the English language and um, simple, short phrases. Um, think about it. What are the sweetest short phrases you can think of? I bet many of you thought of the three words, I love you, right? What amazing, amazing words. Eight letters, three words, I love you. Another couple of words that are amazing, also eight letters. I don't know why I noticed that, but Yeah, also eight letters, but two words, thank you. Just simple, beautiful phrases, but they they have such power, they have such meaning. Um, And these are two of the most significant things we're going to look at in Psalm 138. As, As David takes time to write this beautiful poem, this beautiful hymn of praise to God, of thanks to God, uh, the core of the psalm is, is his heart of thanksgiving towards God and, his love, and the love of God towards him. Beautiful, beautiful words. I've had the privilege over the last few years to uh, care for my elderly parents, both of them uh, with Alzheimer's. And uh, at different stages, my dad just went home to be with the Lord, as I mentioned a few weeks ago uh, in April. Um, but... One of the neatest things to see with, with both of them is that e- even in Alzheimer's, you don't lose your personality, you don't lose some of your great habits. And one of their habits was, as I would come and help them, they would always say thank you. Sometimes they'd say it four times, five times. They would sometimes add so much, thank you so much. I heard it so much from them, thank you, thank you, thank you. I would have served them whether they said thank you or not. It's, but it's, there's a sweetness when someone says, thank you. And I believe God senses that same joy, that same delight when his children take time to say thank you. So as, we, as I read Psalm 138, uh, look, at this, look for this theme of thanksgiving and look for the theme of God's love as I read it. And then we're going to walk through it together of David Psalm 138 I give you thanks O Lord with my whole heart before the gods I sing your praise I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness for you have exalted above all things your name and your word on the day I called you answered me My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give thanks, O Lord, 
for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Let's pray. Father, we do give thanks to you this morning for your, for your love for us, for your faithfulness. We give you thanks for your word and that we have a chance as your children here gathered at, at Park Community, this chance to open your word and to learn from it and to respond to it. I pray, Lord, that you would help us see your word, that you would help us see our lives, and that you would help us to see how you want us to respond to your word this morning. We, we give you thanks for this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're going to walk through this, uh, this text. It's actually pretty clear three sections, and so we're just going to go section by section. Uh, a quick warning, we're going to spend most, a lot of time in the first section. It is just packed full of beautiful, powerful um, ideas, and really is, uh, inter introduces the theme of the song, the first three verses. And, uh, and I've entitled this section, uh, I, give, I Give Thanks to the Lord in the Midst of Trouble. I Give Thanks to the Lord. He, uh, David begins with the word, I, these words, I give thanks, O Lord. It's interesting that the Jewish people were, were a collectivistic society. They were, they, nobody saw themselves truly as an individual per se. They always looked at themselves as a group, as the people of God. This was so much a part of their culture. This is true of most cultures in the world today. As Americans, um, we miss so much in the Bible because we are one of the most individualistic cultures maybe that's ever existed. We are very self-focused. Me, my, my, my family, we are very self-focused, particularly my gener generation. Sorry, baby boomers, but hey, we are, we are one selfish generation, very individualistic in our approach. But the Jewish people have never been like that. They have this sense of we are the people of God collectively. What's interesting is in the Psalms, we have many of these Psalms that are individual. The uh, scholars call them individual psalms. You'd, you'd call, categorize this as an individual psalm of gratitude. Interesting. That these collective people would pour out their hearts to God, me and God, just us, me and God together, pouring, me pouring my heart out to God. And David wrote many of these individual psalms. And so he begins by introducing this beautiful psalm with these words, I give you thanks, O Lord. O Lord, he uses the term Yahweh. Uh, most of our Bibles will have this O Lord in capital letters. Um, every once in a while we mention this uh, from this pulpit, me and Andrew and others, 
Uh, there are many names of God, but this name Yahweh is, is different than, for instance, the, the, the name Elohim. Elohim is what we see in Genesis chapter 1, where it says that in the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. It's the word God. It's, the, it's very much like the English language. Uh, God, generic, the, just the broad name of God, creator God, all-powerful God. The name Yahweh is similar in the sense it's still talking about God, the all-powerful God, but he is God who relates to his people. He is God of covenant. He's a God who keeps his promises. He's close and tender, this powerful God. And so in Genesis chapter 2, Moses switches from using Elohim to Yahweh. Because in chapter 2 of Genesis, Yahweh is creating man in his own image. He's forming him. It's a relationship. And so he changes the language from God to the Lord, forming man from the dust and forming the woman and describing the relationship of the marriage. A shift. It's amazing. So this is a, this is a more intimate name of God. It is actually the proper name of God if you read through the Bible. Like the foreign nations would say, that they would talk about the God of Israel, Yahweh. They knew his name. It was Israel's God. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Wow. As we go through this, I'm just going to walk us through the text, section by section, but I'm going to stop and just, I want us just to stop numerous times and just reflect. And we're going to stop right here. First phrase. Is this, would this be your pray, prayer today? I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. A couple weeks ago, I started reading this psalm, reflecting on it. And as I was reading, reflecting on my own life, Mike, is this your prayer? I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. And I realized I was just filled with self-pity. Just, I just was down. I was just really annoyed with a lot of things. I was concerned about stuff. Uh, talk to Linda about it. She'll, she'll remember, right? I was just a, I was just a downer. I was a, just having a pity party. And I read this. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. And I was like, oh, no. I'm going to preach this, and I'm just sitting here with a, just having a pity party. How is your heart today? Was it like mine was a week and a half ago or so? What is your heart full of today? We're going to see that David was in a tough place. He was, he was suffering, and yet this is how he begins this psalm. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. This is a fascinating uh, phrase. Uh, and there's a lot of those in this, in this psalm. Before the gods, I sing your praise. There's different interpretations of it, but my understanding of this is that he looks at the gods the same as we see in, in uh, Psalm 82, which is a fascinating psalm. Begins like this. God, Elohim, generic God, has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the Elohim, he holds judgment. Oh, there's a weird one, right? God has, take, 
Elohim, God, has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. He holds judgment. The image from, from Psalm 82 is of God being the ruler over the gods. That is, the, cele- the rulers of the celestial realm. Michael and Gabriel and Lucifer and every being. And God is the one who rules above all. He's the only God, and he rules over the, rule, the rulers of the invisible realm. I'm, I'm guessing that that's what David has in mind. God is the one who judges even the powerful rulers of the invisible realm. And before them, he says, I sing praise to you as the ruler of all, even the most powerful beings that exist in the universe. Ben, you're going to like this word that he uses, praise, zamar, in, in Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any stretch. I just look these things up on, on the internet, you know, just like everybody else. But it, it carries the idea of to play, to sing, to make music, to sing praises, to celebrate. It's like a musical celebration. I put on a show for you, God. I have a jam session before you. Wow, because you rule over everything. What a cool concept. David was a musician. We know he played the harp. I don't know what else he, he played. He wrote these beautiful songs. He loved music, and so he thanks God. He praises God with his ability of music, and he sings before God. Wow, I love that. I bow down towards your holy temple. The holy temple, of course, the place where he, would, he pictures himself meeting God. I bow down before your holy temple and I give thanks to your name. So he comes back again to thanksgiving. I give thanks to your name. That is, I give thanks for who you are. Wow. And his posture is of bowing down. We've seen this as we've been walking through the Psalms. This summer, the psalmist call us to humility time after time after time. A humble posture of bowing down before the Lord and recognizing that he is God to worship him, to follow him, to live for him. He is God and David bows down before God himself and he gives thanks for who he is. And then he gives us two characteristics of who God is. For your steadfast love and your faithfulness. So these two, fra- these two words in Hebrew happen to be my two favorites in the whole Hebrew language. Steadfast love is one word. It's hesed. And uh, I hope you can read that. But the word, uh, some of these Hebrew words, they're so packed full, they're absolutely impossible to translate. Because you just have to put in a little paragraph to describe it. And this is one of the most power-packed words in the, in the Old Testament. We hear it over and over. Your, your, your love endures forever. Your mercy, your faithfulness, your, your kindness, your favor. Sometimes it's trans- the word hesed is, tra- is translated favor all these things are wrapped up in this in this word it is such a rich word 
I remember when I first discovered it many years ago. It's probably in my 30s, which is, yeah, maybe it's a little while ago. And, uh, and I was reading in Hosea, in chapter 1, it says in Hosea that, that God called the prophet Hosea to marry a prostitute. And you're like, what? Well, it was an image. It was an image because the, the people of Israel were in spiritual idolatry. They were in spiritual adultery. They had abandoned God. They were actually worshiping the God of the Canaanites, Baal. Baal. They were in a terrible, terrible place. And God says, without, before, they, before they repented at all, he says that he would betroth them and that he would pour his loving kindness, his favor, his hesed, upon them. This is our God. Even when we're unfaithful, he loves us. Unbelievable. The next word, and your faithfulness, is the word emmet. And that, this word is, also has a broad meaning. Not quite as broad as hesed, for sure. But it has the idea of firmness, of faithfulness, and truth. The New American Standard Bible translates these words, loving kindness and truth. Loving kindness and truth. Here we have steadfast love and faithfulness. When we talk about these words, we talk about them as covenant words. What we mean by that is, these are forever promises that God has given. If you are my people, I will always love you. If you are my people, I will always be faithful. I never change. I am immovable. I am firm. I am the firm foundation that you can stand on. I will always be faithful, even when you are not faithful. This is our God. He loves us. He loves us with a deep love. He showers his mercy upon us. He shows us his favor, even when we're throwing pity parties, even when we're in sin as his children. He loves us. This, for us, those of us who know Jesus, have surrendered our life. This is some of the greatest news we can possibly hear. God says to us, sons, daughters, I love you. I love you no matter what. And I'm not abandoning you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you. And I am going to stick with you forever. In good times and bad times, I'm with you. I am the God of Hesed and Emmet. I, I have a steadfast, committed, covenant love with you, my son. With you, my daughter. And my truth will go forward. I will always be true. I will always be faithful. You can count on it. Is that worth being grateful for? We need to relish this. We need to savor it. Celebrate the love of God. Celebrate the faithfulness of God. The truth of God. And that's what Dave is do David is doing. He's giving thanks to God for who he is, for his hesed, and for his faithfulness. 
he continues, For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. David loved the word of God. And he understood that what God says is true. It is faithful. I don't know about you, but I love the word of God. I love the word of God. I'm learning how to actually leave my Bible for a little bit and spend time with Jesus and listen to Jesus, to worship him, to give thanks to him. But I, I, want to, I love to run to the, his word, to read it, to meditate on it, think about it, to ask him how he wants me to live it. This is such a gift. God has spoken to us. He has spoken. It is his word. It is 100% true. And David celebrates that God has given him his word. Of course, David just had a piece of the Bible at that time. We have the whole thing. How is your relationship with the word of God? Do you cherish it? Do you read it, learn from it, meditate on it? It is a gift that God has given us. It's worth giving thanks for. He ends this first section with these words. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. David remembers a time. We don't know when it was or what it was. But he remembers a time when he called out to God and God answered him. We know this happened over and over as David was pursued by Saul, trying to kill him because of his rage, because of his jealousy. Many times, David hiding in caves. There was armies that fought against him when, as he was a king. Many armies. He was often in trouble. So we don't, but we don't know what he's referring to. But I love this phrase. My strength of soul you increased. When I was weak, when I was helpless, I called out and you gave me strength. There's something worth reflecting on. Think about a time in your life where you were at your, your wit's end, where you were at the end of the rope. I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can handle this. Maybe some of you are in that time right now. If you are, God is present with you. He will give you the strength you need. He will empower your soul to keep going. But think about those times. Remember how God was with you and how he gave you strength. God loves to do this. And so the first section we see that David is giving thanks to God for who he is. Second section is a, in, an interesting one and, a, and, a, and a, an amazing one. He begins with this phrase, All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. Well, there's a weird one. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. If you think about the kings in the time of, of David, David is only the second king uh, of Israel. The first king is already dead. None of the kings that were alive at David's time would be giving thanks to God. They were all enemies of God and of, of Israel. 
And that's why most, most scholars, probably all scholars, believe that this is a future promise that one day the kings will, after hearing God's word, will bow down, will give thanks to the Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth. When they hear the words of the Lord, they will give thanks because of who he is. For they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. It's interesting, we see David in the beginning giving thanks and then bowing down and singing. And here the, the kings of the earth are, are giving thanks and they're singing, but they're not bowing down. Interesting. They're not bowing down. They will sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. God is glorious. We know now because we have the whole story, right? We know that God has given him, Jesus, a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow. Where? In heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee. Every knee in the celestial realm of heaven and in the depths. And every knee on earth will bow before Jesus. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen? Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. This is for the glory of the Father. It is for the glory of God. Jesus will be honored and the Father will be glorified. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. It is amazing. It is glorious. Wow. I will say it's, it's better to bow down now than to wait until then. The kings who did not bow down and the people and the, and, and the demons who did not bow down before God will endure punishment forever. But those who humble themselves, God will see. Verse 6, For though the Lord is high, exalted he regards the lowly but the haughty he knows from the far the glory of the kingdom is for the humble it is for those of us who bow before god and the proud the arrogant the haughty are kept at a distance So David gives thanks to God with his whole heart. And the kings of the earth will give thanks. And then, verse 7, God is with us in the midst of trouble and has a purpose. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. When, we don't know, uh, verse 3, he's looking back. We don't know what that was. 
Verse 7, he's talking in the present tense. When I walk, though I walk, maybe right at that moment, probably right at that moment, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Here's another Hebrew word. I think this is my last one to <laughs> expand on. Uh, but the word preserve here, listen to this. It carries the idea of revival, refreshment, rebuilding, pres preserving, restoring life. God restores us, revives us, refreshes us, preserves us in the midst of trouble. What a beautiful promise from him. He gives us strength. He revives us. He preserves our life. Even when our enemies are against us, his right hand delivers me. I don't know if any of you think of yourself as having enemies here on earth. Probably some of us do. All of us do have enemies. We have an, uh, The Bible calls Satan the enemy of our soul and his demonic realm. I just wonder, I just wonder how many times in a week God pushes them away, protects me from the attack of the enemy. My guess is it's many times, many times per week. God is one who loves, he's a God who loves to protect his children Verse 8 is one of my favorites in this psalm. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Even in the midst of the mess, even in the midst of the struggle, God has a plan. He has a purpose in everything. This week, um, I connected with a few people that were going through very, very deep, dark things, very difficult times. And this verse came into my mind both times, and I gave it to, the, to them. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. It's hard to see that oftentimes. Sometimes we feel like, oh, Lord, I just don't know. I don't think I'm going to find my purpose. I just don't feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. David was confident that God would fulfill his purpose in his life. God desires this. He wants this for his children, to help us fulfill our purpose here on earth. If we're open to it, we will definitely receive and walk in the purpose of God. Your hesed, your steadfast, loyal, faithful, never-ending love, O Lord, endures forever. He comes back to it once again, to the hesed, of God. God's faithfulness endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I think what he means is, keep doing it, God. Keep working for me. I need you. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Is this a beautiful psalm? So, so packed. In the midst, even in the midst of trouble, we can give thanks to God. We can give thanks with our, whole, with our whole heart because of who he is. 
We bow down before him. We give praise to him. We give glory to him. And we trust him in the midst of our trouble, troubles, knowing that he will revive us, that he will deliver us in the midst of our struggles. Final reflection. So there are many psalms, many, many psalms that are collective psalms of thanksgiving and praise. An interesting one is Psalm 57. It's parallel to this one. It's almost like Psalm 138 written to the people of God, a collective version of Psalm 138. He talks about the hesed and emmet of God in the psalm. He talks about God fulfilling his purpose for God's people. The same concepts are, are in the two psalms which I find fascinating. And it may, as I looked at that, it made me reflect. There are, it is right, it is good for us as God's children to gather and to sing and to praise and to give thanks and to look into his word. This is good, this is right. But God also desires for us to have personal time with him to have individual time with him to worship, to bow down. If you have an instrument, to grab it and to play or to, to listen to music or to go for a walk on a beautiful day like today and to worship as you walk, ride your bike, run, whatever it is you do. How is it that you connect with God individually? How is your life of worship, of thanksgiving, from Sunday to Saturday? This, to me, is the call of the psalm. To join David in a personal psalm of praise, a personal psalm of thanksgiving. May God give us this week times, many times, of worship, of thanksgiving, before our God. Let's pray. Father, we do delight in you. We delight in who you are. Your faithful, your steadfast love and faithfulness for us. We are amazed by you. Amazed that you would look at sinners like us and you would pour your love over us that you would not abandon us, but you would stick with us and help us and strengthen us when we are weak. Together, we collectively at this moment give you thanks. We give you praise. We thank you for your presence with us in the midst of trouble. And as a community right now, Lord, we ask that your hand would be on everyone among us who is suffering who is at the end of the rope. We ask, Lord, for a special measure of your presence with them. Pray, Lord, that you would bring others from this community around them to encourage, to listen, and to pray. I pray for myself, Lord, all of us here, that this week will be a week of worship, a, work, a week of thanksgiving, that you will help us, empower us to Thank you 
with all of our heart. Draw us to yourself. Give us delight in you, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.